Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to The Art of Badassery, the podcast that explores the extraordinary lives of individuals who have chosen a path less traveled. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and today I'm so excited to welcome a true badass and an adventurer, Joe Davis. Now, Joe is a force to be reckoned with, born in the 70s as a military brat and raised in an era where kids were allowed to run wild. But Joe's story is far from conventional. It was love at first sight when she met her husband skydiving almost 14 years ago, and their shared thirst for adventure has taken them on an incredible journey. Joe and her husband made a bold decision in the past year. They shed most of their possessions, packed their suitcases, and embarked on a thrilling chapter of their lives. They're currently exploring the vibrant landscapes of Mexico, immersing themselves in its rich culture and mastering the art of speaking Spanish. But Joe's adventurous spirit doesn't stop there. She is a number one international best-selling author, a gifted intuitive, a death doula, a Reiki master teacher. Through her organization, Lift a Sister Up, Joe passionately believes in empowering women to pursue their per- personal and professional dreams. With over 150,000 followers and students, Joe has helped countless individuals tap into their intuitive superpowers, guiding them from big mess to big magic through her one-on-one sessions and, tra- and transformative course. Today, Joe joins us to share her incredible journey, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. So buckle up, peeps, and get ready to be inspired as we delve into the world of a true adventurer, intuitive healer, and artistic genius. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Davis. Girl, you make me sound good. <laughs> Our good girlfriend. <laughs> so exciting to have you on the program. And, you know, earlier we were chit-chatting and we have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later. But can we just open up with why you have, how come you're in Mexico and not in Texas? Well, have you seen how hot it is in Texas? That would be the first answer. And I think um, Texas has lost its mind a little bit recently, um, as as have some other states um, in our in our U.S. But the, the biggest thing for us was, and and you probably have stories that can relate to this as well. I, I definitely feel like you have an adventurous heart, and um, you're definitely a badass, um, Mahara. But I knew so many people that retired and then dropped dead. I knew so many people that retired from working 40 some years and two weeks after their retirement party, they were diagnosed with the terminal disease. Um, <clears throat> and between David and I, we knew too many people like that. And after COVID, because we were able to work remote and we're able to do all these things and we're like, do we really need to leave the house? Can we work from anywhere? Um, that's when we decided to travel abroad um, and, and really see the world. We had a lot of Mexican friends um, and fell in love with the Spanish culture. And, you know, honestly, when I moved from Oklahoma to Texas, the Mexican community scooped me up. 
and my Hispanic friends scooped me up and they were like, half the time I didn't understand what we were talking about, but they had such love in their heart and they made me feel so welcome and accepted for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and family holidays and birthday parties. I just, I was enamored by how they connected with each other, like a village, like a community. And they all showed up for each other and they all chipped in and they all looked out for each other and everybody had everything they needed because everybody was, you know, aware and they kind of had their head on a swivel. Like, where are you short? What are you missing? How can I help you? Oh, I have this, you need this. Um, and it just seemed like a very um, different uh, culture than, than how I had been raised in primarily these, these, you know, white communities. And so, um, you know, growing up a, a military brat, I had that diversity and all that connection. And on a military base, everyone's kind of looking out for each other. But since kind of going out on my own as an adult, I really had missed that. And I'd missed that diversity and, and going into someone's home and smelling like different smells and, and different textiles and different fabrics and different cultural experiences and um, the way they ceremoniously honor experiences, like even death, they look at death very differently. And um, yeah, so I was just like, I want to know more about this community. And I'm curious about everything. But you know, the love that they showed me when I moved to Texas was just, I was enamored by it. So yeah, so we were like, look, we can work from anywhere, let's go. So we pretty much got rid of 99.99% um, .99 of everything we owned and packed a bag and explored a few places here in Mexico and found a, a little town that we love. And, you know, we're basically traveling abroad for a year, but you know, our home base is still in Texas, our, our businesses are still in Texas, but we're just exploring. How long did that take? Because I want, you know, it's easy to say, oh, let's just go on a holiday, let's go on a trip, but to actually acknowledge your needs aren't being met where you are at. Many of us go through life and we never acknowledge that. But to actually acknowledge that something is missing and to have the courage to go look for it, I think it's quite amazing. And to have two of you, be on the same page let's talk about that was that a surprise no I mean not at all we've had a very effortless relationship and I think I'm always surprised when people are like um they they talk about their relationships as if there's this big struggle and I'm always surprised by that um because I'm like I don't know that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> life is short that sounds like too much work I'm out um, but no, we, we really work fluidly together. Um, I, I, all I can say is it's, it's been relatively effortless. The most difficult thing of all of this was, I would say that downsizing, um, should come with a support group <laughs> that, that moving to another country where you don't really speak hardly any of the language, um, should have a support group. <laughs> And, and, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Mara, we were talking about how some things seem terrifying to some people and other things seem, you know, seem terrifying to other people. And for me, I have hundreds of skydives and that's nothing compared to contributing a chapter to a book. That's nothing compared to moving to a foreign country. That's nothing compared to, I mean, I can remember attending PTA meetings where I thought I was going to vomit because I was just like, oh, this is such an uncomfortable experience. 
just looking around the room, like these are not my people, but I need to be here for my kiddo. So for me, a PTA meeting was, is probably was scarier than jumping out of a plane. So when people are like measuring up, how am I a badass? I'm like, how do you do it at a PTA meeting? Cause I'm guarantee you do better than me. <laughs> oh my God. You know, what a great example. And, but really what I'm hearing is first of all, for our individuality, we all have things that we connect with and today's conversation is not going to go into any other plane of existence because that's not what today's topic is but there's lots it doesn't matter what the reasons are we all have challenges that we agree to take on in this lifetime what i find interesting is to your point i there are things in my garage that i cannot get rid of my husband's like why do we have that and well, you like, can't like, like there's I, something the baby's first dress and he's yeah. like who gives a shit? I'm like, what I give a, like, I, it's so pretty. It's so cute. So downsizing, you know, downsizing is one thing, but getting rid of stuff because you just, you know, it, it just doesn't have a connection. There's no energy connected to it anymore. That's a whole different story. And, you know, I immigrated from Jamaica and my family had everything up and it got shipped up on a container to Canada. Well, to England first. And then, you know, again, two years later, my dad didn't like it. So we moved to Canada. And everything was packed up and shipped in a container. And I have, I still have toys that I played with as a little girl in Jamaica. Now I'm in my late 50s. So these toys are like, you know, 50 years old or plus or more. And I absolutely cannot get rid of them. So um, kudos to you for doing that. And I fully agree. PTA meetings, man, they're scary. Those women, man, they should serve wine. I'm not much of a drinker, but man, <laughs> I do not miss those days. So let's talk about actually saying to your your community in texas and your family and friends how did that conversation go and how was it met you know what's interesting is other people are often uncomfortable with our change um this last um i was in the creative life book one i have a couple books here that i've been in um but i was in the creative life book one and then the second one's getting ready to come out and the topic is radical self-love and in my topic in this chapter, I talk about um, how other people around you, it's an inconvenience. I grew up a people pleaser. I was a caregiver archetype. I was like the chubby girl that was just lucky to get invited and I'll be the designated driver for eternity. Um, I didn't know my worth. I didn't know that I was kind of a badass bitch. I didn't know how strong I was and, and gifted, like intuitively gifted. I have these like superpowers, which so many of us have, and we don't even know it. And so I love this chapter because it talks about how when you're a people pleaser, it's an inconvenience to the people around you when you blossom. It's an inconvenience to the people around you. Also, when you step into your badassery, when you step into a new season of your life, they're like, wait a minute. I remember David had one friend, this is so crazy to me. And he messaged him and he actually said, I need to understand why you're doing this. He said, I need to understand. We need to have a conversation. I need to understand why you're doing this. And we're both like, okay, next. Um, be because it's uncomfortable to other people when they're in a, in a state of complacency. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go do something crazy. There's lots of people that have gone off the rails and made big changes in their life when they had no business making them because they weren't in the right space, the right head space, the right heart space. And it was for the wrong reasons. Um, 
not everybody should go do that. But my gosh, to be able to celebrate each other and at least get a good seat in the theater to watch them and cheer them on. Like I did a post a while back um, on my Facebook Lift a Sister Up page and it said, um, what was it? It was something like, cheer me on or sit down. It was like, cheer me on or sit down and be quiet. Like, we don't need any of that. Um, so yeah, it was very uncomfortable for several people, um, including my mother. My mother really still doesn't under, she's like, I still don't understand what you're doing. I'm like, we're traveling abroad um, <laughs> because life is short. We're traveling abroad um, because that's okay for her to kind of digest because it's scary for her. But I think for a lot of people, you know, look at you in this podcast, like you're doing this thing and some of your friends aren't doing that thing. And some of them that are very comfortable where they're at and they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to stretch. They, they just aren't in a season of their life to like exercise that badassery muscle that they all have. They're just not there. They just need a little peace, a little moment. You doing this thing is going to confuse them. It's, it might ruffle them a little bit. It might upset them. They might be like looking for holes to poke in it because it's a threat or what is it? Our bright light ir irritates other people's demons. I love that saying. And I think, you know, how I equate it to what I, what I was feeling when you were talking and thank you for sharing, by the way, was that it's almost as if when we choose to elevate in any respect, it highlights those around us, what either where they, where they are at or where they want to be. And it, or what they know they should be doing because life is freaking short, but they're resistant to it. Not only are they resistant, but they may also not even have the language because it, I, sometimes when I speak to people, and this has happened quite a bit in the two years since I've now I'm doing what I'm doing, is I feel like they look at me as if they don't understand the words I'm saying, even though I'm speaking English, because they just don't know that language. You know, we have all been conditioned for most of our lives to live the way you're supposed to live as a privileged upper middle-class white or slightly brown person. I'm a person of privilege. I'm Jamaican. I'm, you know, not your average looking Canadian. Well, actually that's not true. I probably am, but you know, we have, we have societal structures that we, that we agree to fit into, but when those structures are questioned or challenged or changed, many people, they just don't know the word. Like I don't even, I don't know the word to say. I, I don't know this. I don't know this language. I can't, I can't, I can't be part of this conversation because I either don't know the language. I don't like the language or um, I just, this is just, I just don't understand it. So I just want to say hats off to you because it's not always easy to forge your own way. Now, I also will say, and I mentioned this to her earlier peeps, I am terrified of heights. So when she told me that she would jump out of a, a plane way before you know, found it easier to do that than, you know, pressing joint, going to a certain meeting or pressing publish on a, on a book. I was flabbergasted because, you know, I was hyperventilating, just picturing it. However, really the, the, the bulk of our conversations on this podcast are recognizing that part of being badass is being authentic. And there is nothing wrong with authentically wanting to stay put and do your stuff and marry your childhood and live, you know, if, you're, if that's you, that's great. But if 
if there's part of you that's wondering what's on the other side, how would Spanish sound coming out of my mouth? How would I look as a blonde? How would it be if I, you know, if you feel the need to question, that's awesome. That's badass. So it's not that you need to jump out of a plane to be a badass because if that were the case, people, I would not ever be badass because I ain't never jumping out of a plane unless I have to, like to save my life. But being badass really is listening to your needs. And I just want to go back to something you said earlier. I think it's really, I think it's very powerful that you said that you went back to the feeling that you had as a child, which was one of inclusivity and experiment and unconditional love and support. It may have been missing in your adult years for a time, but you found it again, or dare I say it found you. So it's interesting that we we can circle back to what we need if we know what it is that we need and we recognize it when it when it hits us over the head. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I also think, you know, people go through midlife crisis and I'm like, I don't know if that's a midlife crisis. I might call it something else, but I feel like we go through these chunks and seasons repeatedly in our life. Like it happens more than once. It's just, sometimes it just gets really loud and sometimes it will bring you to your knees if you don't pay attention to it. But it's a season of unbecoming the thing that you never were to begin with where you're sort of shedding things because look, you know, the year, the years that we grew up, we were feral, like our parents threw us outside and they were like, come back at dark and they throw snacks out the window. Like we were feral. Um, how we didn't get kidnapped in that white kidnapper van. I have no idea. Um, we were definitely protected by something. Um, but I think that, you know, we grew up in a season where we heard our parents' voices and the things that they said to us now sound strange to me, but, um, because I've grown out of it, but they said things to us like, you know, be seen, not heard. Um, they said, you know, we were praised for being a helper. We were praised for helping around the house. We were praised for being these soft, delicate, sweet, accommodating, fluffy um, young women. And I don't think that's what the world needs right now. I think, you know, we, we need sharp tongues and loud voices, especially for the, for the voices that are always shushed and, and for, um, you know, groups of people that have been alienated and marginalized. I think it's our time to be fucking loud and, and loving and kind and inclusive and, um, you know, understanding about other, other cultures that are on the planet and beliefs and religions and all the things like it's a big world, but we go through these waves and seasons of unbecoming. And if we pay attention to them when we're younger, we get the adventures and we get the amazing people in our life and, and we get all the good stuff. But when we don't pay attention to it, it's like, we're going, it's like Sisyphus, you know, rolling that boulder up the hill. And every day the boulder comes back down and he's cursed to just every day, rolling that boulder up the hill. And every day it comes back down. And um, if we can really hone in on that, letting go of things that don't serve us and letting go of ideas that other people implanted in our brain, because look, girl, when we're kids, we love everybody. We love Susie's house, you know, that has the weird food and the different culture and the different smells and the different music and the different musical instruments in their house. And then we love Bobby, you know, who's 
who wears a yarmulke and we love like we love all these different cultures because we're never told any anything different so i think these seasons of unbecoming what we're not are badass and it can be in little choices like you're saying it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing it can just be accepting an invitation to your friends you know priests coming and blessing their house because you're curious about that culture it can be holding space for someone that's going through a season of their life that you don't relate to, but you can just shut up and sit there and listen. Um, these are all badass things. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. So much goodness in everything that you said. And I kept, I kept thinking, oh my God, she just said what I was thinking. Oh, she just said what I was thinking. You know what I do for a living, right? <laughs> what to do for a living. But what I think, you know, one, one word that I didn't hear you say, but I think is worth bringing up is... And it plays right into this understanding or this idea of unbecoming is learning to let go of judgment. <laughs> and it's a hard one, right? Like and you can feel it hit your body. Oh, like I told I just story, felt that. Ugh. Yeah. I told the story on another podcast, so I won't go into it here, but I've become very recently in the last few years, I've become very aware of just how judgmental I am. And I was so filled with judgment about that, that I, I had to just stop and go, okay, give your head a shake. And now that I've forgiven myself, and I actually can have fun with it. But really, it's one of the things that I talk a lot about to my clients, or they talk to me about is they don't realize we as a society often don't realize just how judgmental we are. And there's a reason it came about. And that's another podcast. But for those of you that have never experienced the freedom of letting go of judgment, it is absolutely magical it is going you know the way that you described it joe of being a kid children are so close to their um so source their, yeah to their spirituality they don't know they may not well they may not even be speaking at this point but they just feel everything and they they come from a place of love and they feel love and they express it i remember saying to someone recently oh my god kids they are so excited about everything. Like, I remember my children coming up to me going, look, mommy, mommy, look. And I'm like, what am I looking at? I drew, I drew. And I'm like, in my mind, holy, what the hell is that? But to her, it was a castle, right? Mm -hmm. so, you know, I often say, we need to work really hard to get back to the true us, the one that isn't frightened of the neighbor, the one that doesn't assume she's bad, the one that doesn't assume raised the one that doesn't look in the mirror for mis for mistakes or flaws or pimples or an extra roll of fat you know that girl or that boy is just dying to come out again like come out and play and that's that's really the crux of being badass is giving yourself permission to be that little kid again because guess what you're amazing 
You're amazing. Okay, so I want to go back to something you said. We don't have a lot of time, but what did you do for a living? And what do you do for a living? So I always kind of worked in the corporate world. Um, my last job was about 10 years in the corporate world, working as an image consultant, a managing director. Um, I dealt with other image consultants, doctors, all these things. Um, and as I was working in that job, I would do these um, consultations with clients in, in this like small room. And I didn't realize at the time I had all these gifts, but I would be sitting in the room with like a husband and wife and I would know things. There was no way I could know. I would be sitting in the room with them and I would be like, wow, he like is verbally abusive to her. He is this, or he is that, or, oh, she's saving money up to leave him. Like I would just sit there and be like, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, and it became a source of anxiety for me. And it almost felt like cheating because I was in sales too. And then I know all of this stuff about, it felt like, it felt like, I don't know. It didn't feel like an integrity filled space towards the end. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm cheating, um, the system. And, um, I would make predictions and they would come true. And especially about people's health, as far as their, um, illnesses and things like that. Um, things I would know there was no way I could know. And it just got more intense and more intense and more intense. It became a big source of anxiety. I was having chest pain every day. And finally I was let go from my job, which was the greatest blessing ever. And so in shifting from that work to the work I do now, I was like, you know what? Everything's been pulled out from under me. Everything. Like I, everything's been pulled out from under me. I can create this moment. I, I don't have to worry about being liked because everyone's gone. You know, all the people I was a workaholic and all my people I work with were like later. Um, and so they just sort of all disappeared. Um, and I had this, this, this clean slate that I could finally be honest and real about, okay, why am I here? I have these gifts. I can't, I can't explain there were just too many things that had happened. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of crazy stories. Um, and I knew it was, I knew I needed to honor it. And I think that's badass. I think that most people, I have so many clients that like right now I have a client that has these amazing intuitive gifts and I'm like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know that she's sitting on God stuff. She's sitting on like, divine connections and serendipitous information. And I mean, she's got a whole team working on her behalf with these gifts and she's like a realtor or something. I mean, so it, it's really amazing to me. So now the work I do is, is one-on-one -on -one sessions. I also put on retreats. I have a bunch of guests coming today um, for a one week retreat here in, um, in Mexico. And, uh, I do intuitive single sessions, but the main thing I do girl that I'm super passionate about is my big mess, the big magic course, because it's teaching other women primarily. Um, I have female clients, mostly women. It's teaching them how to tap into their gifts. I'm like, you don't need me. Like I'll teach you how to listen to your gut. I'll teach you how to listen to your intuition. I'll teach you how to, you know, clear up that muddied staticky phone line to God, your higher power, your angels, your guides, whatever. I don't care, whatever you call it. I don't think he or she cares either. Um, but that's what I'm passionate about teaching empaths how to unplug because, you know, there's all these people that talk about social anxiety. They're anxious. They're empathic. They're sensitive. They feel everybody else's stuff. And then I start working with them and I'm like, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And they're like, but I'm anxious all the time. I'm like, you're fine. You're an empath. 
you're absorbing everyone else's shit show and you think it's yours. You're rattling because you've abandoned yourself. You're rattling because everything is getting in there because you're not honoring your sacred space. If we're this dense, solid, bright white light, things can't get in there that don't serve us because we're just exuding it. It's like bug repellent for the nominasty. I don't have to put up walls or boundaries or shielding. I'm just like, and anything that doesn't match that frequency is physically uncomfortable in my presence. And it's not because I'm making them uncomfortable. It's because they're like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't get to that, that frequency. I can't get to that, that vibration. So I'm just going to stand back here and watch, which is fine, which is fine. Um, but if we teach other empaths how to unplug, all of a sudden it gets real quiet. And all of a sudden their intuition is like, boom, boom, boom. I mean, everything crazy from like lottery numbers to picking a horse at the horse race. I mean, just, just, or, or knowing what phone call to answer and, and what email not to return and, and people that are in your life that are, you know, everybody thinks it's fabulous, but they, something's a little off about them. So you stand back and then you find out later they weren't good people, but you listen to your gut. So you start building, you know, your self-esteem and trusting yourself, these little steps. So I love working with people and teaching them how to do that because, man, we got, we got, especially women, we got some gifts. And it's so needed. I love, love, love. And yeah, I'm not going to show it on screen, but a really dear friend of mine and I are talking about our spiritual, our, our psychic gifts. And I have ignored mine for years. And she's like, you need to stop. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, you know, I got these cards because I thought they were pretty. I got my daughter to buy me a set of tarot cards for fun. And, but I don't, you know, too much, too much work to learn how to do tarot. And, you know, I spent an hour yesterday on doing tarot cards with her. And I'm like, well, there you go. Now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing it. But what I love about this idea or what you're saying, Joe, is really we are incredibly beautiful, perfect human beings. We were we are children of the universe and every single one of us is here for a reason. We're not here just to shoot the shit and get the crap beat out of us or to be spit on or to feel badly or any of that stuff. We may be in that place today, but that's not our, that's not, you know, we don't have to stay there. Being comfortable with ourselves, whether we are empath or not, whether we are um, outgoing or not is everything because we are worthy of happiness. And if it means if we travel to find it, it's great. our birthright. It's our birthright, our joy, our gifts, our badassery. It's our birthright. We just forgot. We do forget. And some of us may never have, you know, it may be a brand new conversation with words that don't make sense to you. But these conversations may ring a bell in somebody's head. And that's what, that's my goal. My goal is for every person, man or woman, to understand that they are special and they bring something to the world. And one of the best ways to do that is to just admit that you want to be part of the world and admit that you deserve to be here. And that's one, a lot of the work that I do with my clients is to help them see how, how beautiful they are and how much they matter. And how we're, we're made of star stuff. Like we're literally made of the same stuff that stars are made out of. Like, I mean, I just, I mean, even science confirms how magical we are. Even, you know, science confirms that, that energy and intuition and predictive, you know, predicting things and feeling into things, it's measurable. 
mean, even yogurt gives off energy. If you hook up, you know, electrodes to, to yogurt, it, it gives off measurable frequency and energy. Tesla knew it. Um, and so I love that we're in this beautiful season where you and I are having conversations like this and it's normal. It's normal. And, and we're not being kept in a kitchen and we're not just here, go fold some laundry. And I mean, women, we're really, gosh, we're just living in the best time. We're just living in the best time. We got stuff to do. Let's go. It's our time. Okay. We've only got a few minutes left, unfortunately, but what are some of the things that you would recommend to our listeners or just share with us some, a couple of things that you may do on a regular basis that remind you of your glory or your badassery? Okay. Two things really quick. Um, obsessive. Like I'm obsessive about these two things. One of them is gratitude. I obsess on gratitude. I obsess on gratitude. Like it is my cocaine. Like, like I really don't drink. I don't do drugs. Um, but dude, I mean, gratitude would be my crack. Um, <laughs> but like, seriously, gratitude like, is my crack. I love it. Like I'm, I'm addicted to gratitude, but when people obsess in that space, it, it raises our frequency and it starts sending the universe goes, Oh, she wants more things to be grateful for. That's what it hears. So the universe starts sending us, Ooh, let's, and then if also you're obsessing on gratitude it naturally, which is the work I do is teaching women how to effortlessly let the stories that we hoard in our heart about our past, why they happened, who did us wrong or our ex, whatever bull crap we believe in our heart, real things that happen. But the work in this gratitude space allows them to kind of just softly spill off to the sides. They don't, we don't have to dig in our heels with those stories because we're in gratitude. We can even be in gratitude for an ex. I mean, thank God, look at the things he taught me. He taught me to find my voice. He taught me to step on my own and take care of myself and provide for my family. Thank heavens. So gratitude. The second thing is this, the first thing in the morning when my feet hit the floor, I obsess on this. And actually my best friend, um, taught me this one day. Um, she learned it at a class or something. And I've been telling everyone and teaching everyone. And it's, it's this mantra or prayer. Nothing shall enter the sacred space that doesn't serve my highest good. And when I say nothing shall enter the sacred space that doesn't, that doesn't serve my highest good, like nothing's allowed in the space that doesn't match up to that frequency and, and bring me the good stuff, healing, health, prosperity, loving, amazing people, um, learning and maybe not such painful ways. Um, but that higher frequency is where it needs to meet me. Then basically what I'm saying is I'm sending out a message or a prayer to God, my angels, mother, Mary, whatever it is that someone believes it doesn't matter. Um, but I'm sending that message out and I'm saying, Hey, y'all have been waiting on the sidelines for me to finally figure out I'm not in control of everything as a control freak woman. <laughs> Oh, that we all are. I'm not in control and I need y'all to get to work. I need y'all to come on up to the front line and I need you to sort through these interactions over here and sort through this opportunity over here. And I need you to handle my safety and I need you to handle my um, good people that are meant to find me in this lifetime. But you're saying nothing shall enter the sacred space that doesn't serve my highest good. You're giving this command out or this prayer or request to let all these other entities you know, God, Jesus, Buddha, I don't care. You're putting them all to work and you're staying in this light. And, and that's what I do first thing in the morning when my feet hit the floor um, and all day long, like when I walk through a doorway of a store, 
nothing shone or the sacred space that doesn't serve my highest good. And I'm just imagining being in this light that's exploding out of me and protecting me and loving me and guiding me and curating every interaction coming towards me. And I don't need to worry about any of it. I'm protected. I'm good. I'm good. I'm lit up like a Christmas tree and I'm drawn in all the good shit and all the amazing people. And, you know, I've been blessed that I have people show up in my life, Mari. And they're like, how can I help you today? Hey, do you want to be a part of this book? Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to? And I'm like, so it's like, it's like this ride, but those are the two things, my mantra, and then being in gratitude as if my life depends on it. Okay. Joe, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. It was short, but I think it was, well, it was pretty powerful, jam-packed with lots of great, great things. Just to recap, you are in Mexico, living the life. I can't, I did hear you say that you've got people that arriving today for a retreat so god bless yeah. you for <laughs> on the day that you've, you're starting a retreat but two things that you shared with us that are super powerful and everyone please check the show notes because i'm going to drop lots of goodies on how to connect with her i'm going to write out that mantra because i think it's beautiful but the two things of real importance that have helped you to become this badass that you are today is living a life of gratitude and saying a mantra first thing in the morning that really just reminds the universe that you're here and you're ready to rock and roll. And for those of you that have never heard this before, the universe has our back. The universe has our back. The universe has our back. But we do have to be careful what we ask for because if we focus on the negative and all the stuff that we don't want more of, they'll just give it to us. You explained that beautifully earlier. So so much so much laughter in this in this in this conversation today joe i want to thank you so much for for sharing some time with me we are going to do this again thank you for joining me on the art of badassery the podcast where we talk to real women about real challenges and real things that they do that we do to feel badass every day my name is mahara and i will see you next week thank you for tuning in to the art of badassery I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.